Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Matthew Peter, QIC's Chief Economist, and today I'm joined by Paul Nicholson, QIC's Director of Global Absolute Return and Income Funds. Welcome, Paul. Hello, Matthew. Thanks very much for having me. It's a privilege to be here. It's great to see you, Paul. Look, this week we saw the RBA exit its policy of yield curve control on the back of what was a concerted assault on the three-year yield by the market. The dislocation that we saw at the front end of the yield curve this week was really severe, the likes of which we haven't seen since the onset of COVID. But market volatility wasn't confined just to the Australian market, was it? So, Paul, what, what happened? That's right. I think at the moment, this market narrative of inflation getting out of control uh, really just gripped the markets, particularly in the last week of October. And right across the globe, not just here in Australia, but uh, your IBOR, short sterling, euro dollar, all of the shorting curves of the developed market nations really got taken under control and unanchored, as in the market started to price further interest rate hikes in order to control this inflation narrative that's going around. And with that unanchoring, which was largely unexpected by the vast majority of the marketplace, we had huge illiquidity issues within those markets. So you talk about the dislocation, to give you an idea, your IBOR volumes were down 94% on the Friday, last day of the month. That's your short sterling was 90. So everything was very much between 70, 80% of normal volumes, very much a classic dislocation within fixed income getting close to a sort of panic situation in a way. But it turns out that, you know, through the week, uh, fixed income markets settled down. What impact did central banks have in settling markets? Yes, Matthew, a huge impact because it was very much a concerted effort. I think when we look at Madame Lagarde, the ECB's president, and what she was able to deliver, the last week of October, very much a conciliatory note, very much reinstated that the ECB would not be addressing interest rates, that supply side inflationary pressures would abate and, and confirm themselves. And actually, the, the actual economic forecast of the ECB reconfirmed that. They actually uh, forward-looking inflation forecasts for 2022 and 2023 were actually downplayed somewhat. So that was very much as we would see. And then as it followed that, the RBA as well. On last Tuesday, we had the Federal Reserve in America on Wednesday and to follow up the MPC on Thursday, which really every one of those was very much concerted, very much uh, driven to the let's kick the can down the road. We will not be increasing interest rates anytime soon. We will be playing around at the margins. We'll be taking a little bit of tapering, but largely we will not be increasing interest rates anytime soon. I think that was very much driving home that misconception in the markets that this cost push inflationary pressures, these supply pipeline issues that we're having will not help growth going forward. And and really they won't be increasing interest rates to address those anytime soon. You're listening to Matthew Peter and QIC's podcast series, where Paul Nicholson is taking us through the implications of this week's market movements in fixed income. Yes, the point you're making about the messaging and the signalling by the central banks is really key, isn't it? I mean, on the one hand, they're pushing back on the market pricing of sudden and quick interest rate hikes. But on the other hand, they are raising their inflation forecasts. No, not, not precipitously, but they are still raising them. It looks like the central banks and the market, to some extent, are on a bit of a collision course about you know how things are going to unfold on the inflationary front. So looking mm. forward... 
Paul, how do you see that collision course unfolding? What will be the key driver of markets into the new year? Yeah, it's a great question, Matthew. I think from our perspective, the one thing that's for sure, this isn't the end of this story. This isn't the end of this inflation market narrative. It's probably the end of the beginning of it. For the next decade, we'll probably be debating this. It won't go in a straight line. And I think it'll have many cycles here and there as it plays out. Uh, Certainly from our point of view, I think the central banks, what they have done is managed to you know, take a lot of the left tail volatility out of the fixed income market. They've managed to get control of the short end of their curves again, within reason. However, the fact that we've seen this huge pricing and dislocation has meant that all in yields are very attractive. We think there's really good carry and roll opportunities. Add together on top of that, the credit credentials of carry from very solid banking institutions, very solid corporate institutions that are benefiting from these quantitative easing programs isn't going to disappear. You know, the Federal Reserve, for example, in the US, they will taper. However, that's not going to come into fruition until May or June next year, depending on the speed. So what we're seeing is very much the central banks are stepping in to make sure that things are under control. It's going to be organized. It's going to be in line with expectations. However, the markets will challenge them from time to time. We've seen that a number of times this year already. So the key for us is to identify those corporates who are attractive, to identify those parts of the yield curves that are attractive, and of course, to remain active and nimble, I think will very much be the key going forward. So the volatility that you're expecting, there's always the chance to add value if you're nimble and playing that thematic of you know not overemphasizing the uh, potential inflationary outturn and backing in the central banks, sort of keeping liquidity and rates at a level that is still supportive of the economy and of course of risk assets, including credit, as you point out, Paul. So as we're coming into the new year, I thought I'd ask you, Paul, we always ask on the QPod here, what should be front of mind in fixed income markets in the new year for our institutional investors? As you know, Matthew, we've been positive on the inflationary outlook for for some time to see expectations going higher. We've come to that fruition. That's what we're seeing markets right now. I think we need to be careful over the uh, going forward effects of that. If the central banks are correct, that expectations for longer end inflation and those disinflationary forces, the potential for them to come back into place does have issues for, you know, how we're we're all setting ourselves to protect ourselves from inflation. I think that's something that needs to be bear in mind. There is a, there's a curve there and there is inflation expectations which will ebb and flow. And it really goes to that point I was saying about it being a, a multi-year and probably over this decade argument. I also do think that unanchoring the short end will happen again. I I think there's no doubt about that. There will be a lot of movement in that. So the challenges against those central banks will continue. That'll be a great opportunity for us, particularly as we take it from a, a very much global perspective. We take a global analysis and interpret that through an Australian lens, I think is very, very important. And of course, being discernible on credit, because whether inflation comes to fruition or not isn't, you know, it's to be debated for many time, for, for a long time to come. Uh, for us, there'll be winners and losers out of that. And, and to be discernible and selective on our credit exposures, our curve exposures, our sector exposures, not to mention geographically, I think will remain to be key going forward into 2022 as well. 
Well, thanks, Paul. That's an excellent summary of what to look out for 2022. We hope our institutional investors are able to uh, exploit some of your sound advice there. Thanks again, Paul, for joining us today. Thank you, Matthew. That concludes the QPod for today. We've heard from Paul Nicholson. A couple of takeaways I've got from Paul's comments today is, firstly, maybe it's time to fade the inflation trade. Secondly, uh, it's still going to be a volatile ride. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Stay nimble. Look out for the opportunities as they arise. And then be selective. I like the idea of looking below the general asset class. For example, if the central banks do keep the liquidity and late up and rates low, it'll definitely be supporting some of those credit names that have strong balance sheets that are really positioned for the world going forward that we see it. Paul and his team are really looking deeply at those opportunities through into the new year. This is Matthew Peter, Chief Economist at QIC. Thank you for listening to today's QPod. Have a great rest of the day and we'll join you again soon.